Dr. Phil had a two-part series in the Summer Wells case. In the last video, I covered part one, and in this one, we'll cover part two. In the last video, which I'll have in the description box below, we saw the behavior panel interviewing both Don and Candace Wells. And in this one, we're gonna cover a few things as well. More so, Dr. Phil was talking to Candace and Don live um, in person, whereas part one was a recap. Now, in part one, there were three powerful words that the behavior panel used, and it was cornbread mafia. And at that moment, you could see Candace get progressively more upset when that was mentioned. And so they had a few questions regarding that. Now, in the beginning of part two, the episode starts off with Don, and he talks about social media and online bullies. He says, when Summer came up missing, I thought the best thing I can do is turn to social media. So I put all her pictures up there on YouTube, Facebook, and everything I could, hoping social media can help us find our daughter. And he says, and that's when the entire investigation got totally twisted around. I have two distant relatives that accused me of horrific things that are definitely not true. They called TBI the second day after Summer's disappearance and told them that I've done horrific things to my daughter and killed her. They put it up there on YouTube. Now, they didn't go into that aspect of things, but that's how the show opened, pretty much. And then he was talking about how they started getting messages, all kinds of hate. They said, the worst part of all the social media lies, people were focused on us, even the police focused on us. Instead of going out and looking for summer, they started looking at me and my family. We lost about 75 days. As far as all those lies and stuff, none of that matters. We just want our baby home. Then in the next segment, Dr. Phil is shown sitting with both Don and Candace. He says, glad to meet you, very sorry about the circumstance. And he said, since you talked to Greg and Scott from the behavior panel, have you learned anything new from TBI? anything we don't know. Don says nothing at all. Dr. Phil turns to Candace and says, tell me about Summer, Candace. He says, you're her mom. Tell me about her, what she's like. How did she spend her time? And Candace says, playing with her toys. She liked to be outside most of the time. Dr. Phil says, you have three boys in Summer. She was the youngest. And how did she get along with the boys? And Candace said she was the boss of the boys and she kind of smiled. You could see her remember back. And so Dr. Phil says she ran the boys he says she had a lot of energy. And he did ask, was she one that would wander off and chase a butterfly, do something where she would look up and realize she was further away than she thought? Kana said, no, she stuck close to the house. And Dr. Phil asks, was she a daddy's girl or mama's girl? Right away, Candace answers she was a daddy's girl and Don nodded. Dr. Phil then talked about some vehicles that were seen around the property. And he mentioned that red truck and that was seen nearby. And he said, did that person ever come forward and identify themselves? Don said, no. He said, do you know anybody with a red truck? Both said no pretty quickly. And Dr. Phil says, you know, statistics tell us that when children are abducted or molested or any way victimized, it's very seldom by strangers. It's a friend of the family, a family member. It's somebody that has access to the family. He asks, do you have any idea or any concept of anybody that would have had knowledge of the property, how to get down the road? Is there anybody that comes to mind that might have seen Summer or target her in some way? Don says, not that we know of. We've been thinking about it constantly, you know, constantly trying to think. Dr. Phil says, Candace, is there anybody that made you uncomfortable just the way they looked at her or were around her? And Candace says, nobody that I'm aware of. Now, let me know in the comments because I'm trying to remember this. I feel like Candace said there was somebody sketchy before. She was kind of wondering. Um, 
I could be wrong, but let me know in the comments below what you recall. Now, we know that Candace and Dawn's kids were removed from their home by Child Protective Services. And Dawn was talking about this. He says that CPS thought our house was dangerous. He says he was getting threatening phone calls daily. His job was threatened. He said everything that the online bullies could do to destroy their family. And he says, at 2 a.m., a stranger came up. I fired a shot over his head and he ran down the driveway. He said, I expected bullet holes coming through the house. At one point, I lost it. I was drinking and he said he made poor decisions. Don says, once summer was taken, CPS had to open a case for our good and for the boys' protection. So CPS thought our house was dangerous. I wasn't being dangerous. The CPS took our boys which I was glad at the time. I was glad that they were not here because I was scared to death for their lives. I agreed with them, my wife didn't, and she's mad at me, but it was just too dangerous. And then Dawn says, now we lost all of our kids and I miss them so much. And Candace says she wants them back and uh, so does Dawn. And Dr. Phil asks, do you think it's safe for them to come back? And Candace doesn't answer. Um, she kind of hesitates, doesn't answer. Dawn says, it's a lot safer than it was. And Dr. Phil asks, have you had any acts of violence against you at the house? Candace says, no. Dawn says, we just had one issue with a woman sent to our house and we don't know. We've heard she was sent from some YouTubers, but we called the police right away and they took her off the property. And Dr. Phil says, if they did a home study right now, they came in and studied the home, would it meet the standard that they were looking for? Would the house be clean? and uncluttered and groceries and safe as far as guns. Everything that Child Protective Services investigates, would it be proper for the boys? And Dawn says, well, there are some things they want us to work on, put in some walls and some other things. So there's still a few things we need to work on. And so Dr. Phil says, well, let me tell you what I think. He explains that he has a background in forensic psychology. And he says, based on the timeline and the factors here, it's very clear to me, based on the facts, that neither one of you did anything to hurt your daughter. And both say, no, sir. And he says, that's very clear to me. Do you understand that I understand that? But then he also says, you know, when a husband goes missing, they look at the wife. When the wife goes missing, they look at the spouse. And he said, statistically, you know, Oftentimes, that's who it is. He says, because of access, motive, opportunity, means, all of that, they look at the spouse. And he explains, and so when something happens to a child, he says, parents are the ones in control of the child, so that's the first thing they look at. And when I first studied this case, he says, the first thing I looked at is what would be the opportunity for the father and the mother. And he says, and given the timeline, there's no way that either one of you all did harm to your daughter, and I hate to even say these words, killed your daughter and hid her body in the woods somewhere. I just don't believe that's even possible. So understand, I'm not sitting here wondering if you killed your daughter. I don't think that for a second. And Don smiles and he says, awesome, thank you. And Candace just sat staring at him. I don't know if she you know, believes him at that point, but she didn't really um, have a reaction. She just was staring off to, to um, Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil says, I assume that's correct. And meaning they didn't have anything to do with it. And they said, yeah, no, no, sir, no, sir. And then he says, the reason I can conclude that is based on the timeline is you couldn't have done that and hidden the body somewhere that couldn't have been found by now. 
cadaver dogs, hunting dogs, search parties, all of that, you couldn't have gotten far enough away before authorities and search parties and everybody got in there. The question that I'm then left with is, do you know something that you haven't shared? So he's now saying he believes they're not involved in killing or hurting Summer. But now he's saying, is there something else that you know? And he says, do you know something about it that you haven't shared? Something you may not even know you know. There may be something in your mind you don't even know you know. Or you may know something that you haven't chosen to speculate about or chosen to tell. And that's what I'm focused on right now because you're in the best position to know what could have happened. It's a little confusing when he says it because you got to rewind. You're like, wait a minute. I know. I don't know. I know. (laughs) It's a little hard. But Dr. Phil turns to Candace and asks, if you had to speculate, what do you think happened? Candace says right away, I have no idea what happened. Dr. Phil says, you have to have some idea because you took your daughter in the house and you never saw her come out. She says, I don't know what happened. She was just gone. Dr. Phil says, but she didn't just vaporize. Someone had to take her out of the house and we know it wasn't you. We know you didn't do anything to her. So if it wasn't you, then who was it? Let's rule you out. We have taken you off the chessboard. You're off the table. If it wasn't you, then who would be the next most likely candidate? And Candace starts crying and she says, I don't know. I wish I knew. Dr. Phil says, would it be someone, a stranger? Would it be someone you know? Candace says, I don't know anybody that would have did it. It had to be a stranger. Dr. Phil says, is there anybody you knew that has disappeared since this happened? You know they were around and then kind of all of a sudden they kind of moved away or they've gone away somewhere. And Candace says, nobody that I know of. Now it's interesting here because Candace's mom moved away right away. But to Candace's defense, the question is targeted at strangers, right? So, but it's still a point that Candace's mom was there that day and we didn't see any questions about her mom in either part one or part two, other than that Candace went and fixed her mom's knee brace and then left. So there wasn't any talk about timelines on on the show. I mean, who knows behind the scenes, right? Now, Dawn answers and said, the only people that I know is the people I work with on a daily basis, and that's the only ones I've ever hung out with. I work all the time, and when I'm home, I'm with my kids and her. Dr. Phil says, is there anybody that you've had dealings with that are shady, that would do something revenge-wise just to get back at you, to hurt you, that you owe money, or that you had illicit dealings with in some way. We know that you've had some conflict with law concerning drugs and different things. Is there anybody you got in sideways with? Don says, I fired a lot of guys for being on meth, and the last guy I fired a day before, which we heard about before, he says, pretty sure, I can't prove it, but he was way out there, and I fired him. And the very next day, my daughter disappeared, and TBI's been talking to him, and he got an all alibi where he was. Dr. Phil says, is there anybody that he's been involved with that you think might be trying to get even with y'all by taking your daughter? Candace says, not that I'm aware of. Is there anybody that might be trying to get even to you that would try to hurt you by taking your daughter? Dr. Phil's talking to Candace. She says, I can't think of anybody. He says, nobody in the drug culture, nobody owed money. Don says, in our area, there's people that you know you got these boys and then you got these boys that you know are very prideful. You know, kind of like LA, you got the Bloods and the Crips. Well, these are hillbillies. I don't know, but we don't associate with them. We don't socialize with them. We try to socialize with our church. We try to keep our kids in the church. That's our main goal. We try to stay completely far away from that kind of activity as possible. 
And Dr. Phil chimes in, he says, but you haven't always. And Don says, right. Now he starts uh, digging a little bit more. And Dr. Phil says, when you guys sat down with Scott and Greg, they asked you about organized crime in the area because we know that there's trafficking going on. People take children. I hate to even say this because it's such a horrible thing, he says, to think about, but they take children and they sell them. They sell them into all different kinds of different lives, whether it's a sex trade, slave trade, different things that happen here in LA, it happens there. And he says, they asked you about organized crime. When Scott asked you about Cornbread Mafia, you got very upset. When he asked you about that, why did it upset you so much? And Candace said, I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of it. I don't even know what that is. And Dr. Phil says, why would it upset you so much? And she says, because it just sounds horrible. So I could understand that too, you know? Uh, you're hearing this weird word and you're going, oh my God, what is that? Or she knows something because there's, uh, you know, these guys are saying there's, there's more to uh, it that meets the eye. Now, I've been reading some of my comments and some people are saying, well, she was crying before, which she was. She was crying before this uh, segment. But the moment they said Cornbread Mafia, she got super upset, started crying really bad, and then even, you know, blocked her face. So this is what they're talking about. But he says, why would it upset you so much? And she says, because it sounds just, it sounds horrible. And Dawn chimes in right away and comes uh, in her defense and says, um, just thinking her in her mind, feeling like she's being interrogated, bothers her because she loves her daughter with all her heart. She spent a lot of quality time with her every day. Thank God she took a lot of pictures. And Dr. Phil says, well, why don't you let her answer? And very quickly, Don says, okay, yes, sir. And Dr. Phil says, because that's not interrogating you, meaning Candace, we're trying to help find your daughter. I started this out by saying, I don't think you hurt your daughter. I'm standing up for you. I'm saying, I don't think you hurt your daughter, but I'm going to look under every rock. I'm going to go down every trail and I'm going to investigate everything. And if you want to find her, you would be there right beside me saying, right doc, let's turn this rock over. Let's ask this person. Let's consider at this. It doesn't make sense to me that, he says, you got up and left the interview when you asked about that and I didn't understand that. He says, you want to find your daughter, obviously. She says, yes. And it puzzles me that you get so upset about that. And you know one theory is guilty knowledge that you may know something you don't even know you know. You may be afraid of something that is so horrible that you don't even want to think about it. And Candace is crying. And he says, and so you push it down and don't even want to think about it, but I want you to think about it. I want you to be willing to consider every possibility because it's only when you think about the darkest possibilities that we can find answers. And Scott again defines Cornbread Mafia. He says it's an organized crime syndicate in the South. It runs from Tennessee to Georgia. It's widespread and some parts are thicker than others, but overall it's there. And Dr. Phil says, it's kind of homegrown. This is a local syndicated mafia. There's a lot of meth trafficking in it, all sorts of things, a lot of meth labs in the area, and these are all organized, not independent. Greg says, it's even harder to penetrate because everybody knows everybody. Dr. Phil says, and there's trafficking involved in the, that part of the country like every other part of the country. And he says, one of the theories is that she, someone abducted her in that regard. I don't know that. I'm saying you have to consider that somebody took her for some reason. And Dawn says, that's been one of my theories because there's been a lot of people coming to our house and just taking whatever at night. He says, they, they come up, they take stuff. 
And at one point he says they took all the tools from the shed. He says, one of my theories is someone local, someone's been watching us, and another theory is more a professional type of mafia. He says, I don't know, but I've never heard of no cornbread mafia. So then they go on and talk about the steps again that happened. The, Dr. Phil says, Candace, let me ask you if I understand correctly what you said. You took Summer in the front door, you said to the three boys, keep an eye on Summer, then you did what? Candace says, then I went back outside to my mom's camper which is right next to the house, and I had to fix her new brace for her. And Dr. Phil says, and that took, she says, two minutes. He says, and then what'd you do? She says, I went back in the house. She says, when, he says, when you went back in, what did you see? She says, my three boys in there watching TV and no summer. What did you do then? I asked the boys where she was at, and they told me she went downstairs to play with her toys. Dr. Phil says, would she say that? Would she say, hey, I'm going downstairs to play with her toys? And... Candace says, yeah, she'd tell the boys that. She says, I hollered for her at first, no response. And then I went directly downstairs. I looked for her everywhere and she was gone. And they talked about, you know, what's the only way out other than up top. They said, yeah, the basement door. So they talked a little bit about the area outside and the driveway. And it's interesting here. Um, they talked about the back door, that somebody would have grabbed her. How would they make their escape? And Dawn said the scent went all the way down to Ben Hill Road and then her scent disappeared and then the belief was that she was put in a vehicle there and driven away now it what's interesting is when you look at that driveway and you see that big circle and then they talked about the scent going from the back door and then down down the uh, road to Ben Hill what's interesting too is when you really think about that that two to three minute window Candace is outside, boys are in the house, Candace walks to the door, so she's out of line of sight, Summer goes in, she goes, Candace goes back to the trailer to fix the mom's brace, Summer's now down in the basement, by the time Candace comes back, she's saying, Summer's gone. So that two to three minute window, that would mean somebody came and if her sense all the way down by foot, grabbing her and taking her out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline all the way down the hill and nobody saw anything so the other thing though we we got to remember is prior to that they weren't home the boys were home but Candace and her mom weren't home right so they're coming in the vehicle they're driving up they're pulling up they're stopping they were unloading groceries the boys came out they said uh, not in this episode, but before. Uh, you can see my timelines. I'll put that in the description box below. You can see the different timelines and the discrepancies. But they came and helped with the groceries, put back the groceries. And then so whoever's watching is waiting for this opportunity. Um, but how would they know 
here's a question, how would they know summer's downstairs? If we think this through, how would they know that, right? So if somebody's waiting at the door and peeking in, or, or, or how, how do they know that they could just open the door, take summer, unless summer opened the door and walked out and was gonna go to her swing, um, turning around, but she did tell the boy she's going down to play with her toys. Maybe she changed her mind and went to go around and somebody scooped her. But you see, there's, it's crazy. You'd have to have, it's kind of like um, little Cleo from Australia who was snatched from her tent. Somebody was watching and he would have had to know which side of the tent, because it's a big tent, a uh, divided tent, which side she was on to go scoop her out. So that is like a, a, a nanosecond. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts below. So then it was Greg's turn to talk, Greg Hartley. And he said, I'll start with you right up front. I don't think either one of them killed or injured Summer. He says, I will say, I also don't think that Don has any guilty knowledge of anything based on all the time I spent with him. And Candace, he looks at Candace and says, and Candace, if you don't have guilty knowledge, if you know anything, this is your kid. You need to push this out, whatever it is, because you show signs that you're hiding something. Candace says, I'm not hiding anything though. And Scott says, the reason we think you're hiding something, because each time we talk about cornbread mafia, which you don't know about, that tears you up. You emotionally fall apart. We see signs of stress. Candace says, but I don't know anything. And then Scott says, everything about your body language suggests or indicates to us that you know a little more than you're telling us. And Greg says, Candace, there are two or three really red flag things that make us want to know more. Not saying you did X or Y. There's lots of ways that things leak in your body language and in your behavior. And that's what we're seeing. And Dr. Phil says, do you understand that we're saying we don't suspect you of doing something wrong? And Candace says, yes, I understand that. He says, you've passed polygraphs. I've just, the logistics of this thing, it just doesn't point to you. And if investigators are pointing to you, they aren't doing the math. He says, what I'm saying is, I think you know more than you're telling and that may be more than you're consciously acknowledging. You may know things you don't know you know. Maybe it's too horrible to think about, but you've got to cut through that because you do react to certain things that suggest at some level you know something more than you're giving a voice to. And it's hard for me to say, you need to tell us. Candace says, but if I knew, then I could tell you. He says, it's hard to say, tell me if I don't know. You've got to be willing to take your guards down and think through if there's anything you're pushing out of consciousness. If there's anything that you're just not willing to acknowledge, we need your help to find your daughter. He says, I guarantee you that when this is solved, and it's going to be solved, this isn't going to be a stranger. This is going to be somebody you know, somebody you've crossed paths with somewhere, somehow, in my opinion. He says, it's just a matter of you're going to find out when they're caught, or you're going to find it out because you're going to go back and do inventory and lead us to who they are. And every day that goes by that trail, it gets colder and colder. And if she's been abducted, and if she's been trafficked somewhere, she can be found. I want to find that baby. I want to find that child and bring her back. Back to Greg and Scott, they talked about seeing differences in Candace and they looked more on her um, respiration because as Scott put it, she had, you know, she dead-eyed people the whole time while she was in there. Uh, so it was her respiration is what they focused on to see the differences. And um, 
they talked about how she started breathing heavy when the cornbread mafia happened and all that and they said that's what we mostly saw in her and then dr phil addressed he says i think that there have been people around this home workers with dawn people coming over to hang out party whatever he says they they see somebody get obsessed and come back in their own accord and take the child it happens sadly thousands of times and greg says i think they probably are aware of who's around them that is dangerous dr phil says i think she has more knowledge than she's either acknowledging or sharing and i believe that to the core of my soul and he said if anybody has information to call 1-800-TBI-FIND it's clear that there's something more when it comes to cornbread mafia what that is i don't even know like dr phil says if candace knows or maybe she does maybe there's something that is minor that's that's triggering it or maybe there's something major that's triggering it i think that there's something there i mean obviously they say that there's something there i think that there's something there she has such a reaction, unless it is something that it sounds scary and it's more than, it's just that, but I don't think um, that the behavioral panel is convinced about that. And I really do wonder why there hasn't been any kind of conversation from the grandma, not even timelines or anything that I know of, but maybe there has been. Let me know if you know that in the comments below. Let me know your thoughts. This case is crazy. It's straight up crazy. People are very angry. Um, people are very emotional. It's just the type of case that it, there's just some crazy things going on. So I appreciate you for watching. Thank you for watching to the end. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe, please like, and please share this out. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.